the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Jesus was asked, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus said, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. And so Jesus summed up the commandments with love. Love God and love your neighbor. All too often, once someone becomes a Christian and starts to follow Christ, they think there is this massive list of rules that must be followed or that they need to be perfect. Sure, there is a way we as Christians should live and should strive to live, but when it comes down to it, what does all that mean? Well, in today's message, Pastor Dan shows us how Jesus responded when asked what is most important. On the surface, it may seem overly simplistic, but so many people struggle to follow such simple guidance. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Exodus chapter 20 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. going to look at several other passages. We're going to look in Deuteronomy, which isn't that far from Exodus. We'll also look in 2 Kings chapter 10. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you for the opportunity to get into your word together. And Lord, we ask as always that your Holy Spirit would be our teacher. We ask, Lord, that you would open our eyes and our ears and our hearts, most of all, to your word, that you would speak to us by your spirit. I pray and ask that your spirit would be upon me to teach your word. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So we are going verse by verse through the book of Exodus. We've made it to chapter 20 and the Ten Commandments. And we are taking one commandment and going in depth on each of the Ten Commandments. And I want to begin by just reading through the Ten Commandments for us in chapter 20, beginning in verse 3. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself a carved image, any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them nor serve them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children to the third and fourth generations of those who hate me, but showing mercy to thousands To those who love me and keep my commandments, you shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, and the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord your God. In it you shall do no work, 
you nor your son nor your daughter nor your male servant nor your female servant nor your cattle nor your stranger who is within your gates. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them and rested the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. Honor your father and your mother that your days may be long upon the land which the Lord your God is giving you. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife, nor his male servant, nor his female servant, nor his ox, nor his donkey, nor anything that is your neighbor. So there you have the ten Commandments And the Ten Commandments are unique among the commandments that God gave in the Old Testament law. They're unique from all the other laws that he gives, the civil law and the ceremonial laws that we'll get to as we continue our study of Exodus. The Ten Commandments are sometimes referred to as the moral law of God. And they are unique because God spoke the Ten Commandments to all of the nation of Israel. They all heard his voice. When he gave the Ten Commandments on Mount Sinai, they all heard God speak. They're also unique because God wrote the Ten Commandments with his own finger on two tablets of stone. And the Ten Commandments are really a universal law for all of mankind that apply to all people, not just the children of Israel. They're a universal law, a universal standard of right and wrong for all people everywhere, living in every age. Nine of the Ten Commandments are repeated in the New Covenant, the New Testament. So even though we're not under the Old Covenant, we're under the New Covenant, nine of the Ten Commandments are part of the New Covenant. The only commandment that is not repeated in the New Covenant is the commandment to keep the Sabbath. And we'll talk about that when we get to that commandment. Commandments one through four concern our relationship with God or our vertical relationship. Commandments 5 through 10 concern our relationship with our fellow man or our horizontal relationships. And our relationship with God must be right before we can have a right relationship with our fellow man. Our relationship with people flows from our relationship with God. And so before we can relate to people properly or in a godly way, we must properly relate to God. The vertical must be right before the horizontal will be right. Jesus summed up the Ten Commandments in the New Testament in Matthew chapter 22. I'll just read it to you. Jesus was asked, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus said, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. And so Jesus summed up the commandments with love, love God and love your neighbor. And that sums up the law and the prophets. If you remember in verse 2, the Lord said, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. The Lord, Yahweh, Jehovah, delivered the children of Israel out of the house of bondage, out of their slavery in Egypt, 
and he set them free. And then after redeeming them from their slavery, after redeeming them from their bondage, the Lord tells them now how they should live as redeemed people. And in the first commandment, verse 3, God said, you shall have no other gods before me. And the reason you should have or they should have no other God before Jehovah is because no other God delivered the Israelites from their bondage in Egypt. He's the only God who set them free. And so they owe their lives to Jehovah. And so they should obey his commandments out of gratitude for what God has done for them. And so too with us. So too with you and me. Only Jesus Christ died for our sins. There is no other God who has laid down his life for us. There is no other God who left heaven and came down and died in our place, taking our sins and taking our punishment and dying for us on the cross. Only Jesus did that. And so we obey him out of our gratitude for what he has done for us. We love him because why? He first loved us, right? And so the first commandment, you shall have no other gods before me. I don't want to see any other gods in your life. No other gods in my sight. And then we come to the second commandment, which is what we're going to focus on in verse 4. You shall not make for yourself a carved image, any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them nor serve them. Now, the second commandment is closely related to the first commandment. In fact, Roman Catholics combined the first and second commandment into one commandment. But they are two distinct commandments. The first commandment forbids worshiping the wrong God. The second commandment forbids worshiping the right God the wrong way. And that's the difference. The second commandment forbids worshiping the right God in the wrong way. Or to put it in a positive sense, we must worship the correct God in the correct way. It is possible for someone to believe in the right God, but worship that God in an incorrect way. They've got the correct God, but they worship in an incorrect way, breaking the second commandment. Now, how do we know? How do we know the correct way to worship God? We learn, please listen, we learn the correct way to worship God from the Bible, from his word. The word of God, the Bible reveals God to us, and the word tells us how we should worship God. And so implied in this second commandment is the necessity of studying the Bible so that we can know God and know how to worship him. We cannot know God personally as our savior and know how to worship him in a way that pleases him apart from the Bible. You know, Psalm 19 says the heavens declare The glory of God. That's true. But creation, even though it declares the glory of God to us, creation does not declare enough about God to us for us to know him personally or to know him as our savior. We get that knowledge from the Bible. 
And so we have, with the second commandment, we have a duty, a responsibility to read the word and be doers of the word. Second Timothy chapter two, verse 15 says, study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. We have to study to make ourselves or show ourselves approved unto God. We'll return to Pastor Dan's message in just a moment. First, Pastor Dan would like to tell you about the new Calvary Chapel Ellicott City app. We recently launched an app for our church and we're really excited about it. It's designed to keep you connected to our radio ministry, Ring of Truth, as well as to our church, Calvary Chapel. And get this, we have over 1,200 sermons on the app. The app is super convenient, it's easy to use, and allows you to listen to Bible studies anytime, anywhere. So download the app right now, search for Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City in your app store, or just follow the links on our website at calvaryec.com. What a great way to stay connected to Scripture. Now, back to today's message on Ring of Truth. Now, verse 4 says that God does not want us to make for ourselves a carved image or an idol for the purpose of worshiping Him. Look at verse 4 again. You shall not make for yourself a carved image, any likeness of anything that is in heaven above, or that is in the earth beneath, or that is in the water under the earth. That pretty much covers everything, doesn't it? I mean, anything in heaven, anything on the earth, anything in the water. Now, this commandment is not prohibiting artwork. This commandment is not prohibiting artwork. It is not saying you cannot make any image at all. You can't, you know, you can't make a painting or a sculpture or some kind of work of art that's to be admired for its, its beauty. It's not outlawing artwork like a painting or a sculpture. It's not even outlawing artistic depictions of Jesus Christ. God is not against artwork or beauty. The prohibition is against making something that represents God to us and then bowing down and serving that object. Look at verse 5. You shall not bow down to them nor serve them. That's the key. We're not to use a man-made image to worship God or to try to connect to God. We should not use man-made objects that represent God to aid us in our worship or to help us to draw near to Him. Now, in the tabernacle and later in the temple, there were angels embroidered in the curtains. There were uh, cherubim, on the lid of the Ark of the Covenant, on the mercy seat of the Ark of the Covenant. The priests had pomegranates woven into their garments. Again, the prohibition is not against works of art. You see works of art, angels depicted in the tabernacle and in the temple. The prohibition is against man-made images for the purpose of representing God and then using them to worship God. And the danger of that is that can devolve into idolatry. 
where people bow down and serve the man-made object in place of the Lord and serving and worshiping the Lord. And God knows our heart. Our heart is naturally bent towards idolatry. Our heart naturally wants to worship objects and things. And so our heart can easily get caught up in idolatry where we worship the creation rather than the creator. And that's what's behind this prohibition. We can be consumed with an image. We can be consumed with a man-made creation instead of God. Plus, God is eternal. God is all-powerful. He's all-knowing. He has no beginning. He has no end. And so any image made by man to represent God will be woefully inadequate. A woeful representation and an inadequate representation of God. And that will skew our understanding of who God is. Any image we try to make that represents God will fall short of God and fall short of his character and his attributes. Now, the Old Testament is full of examples of Israel breaking the second commandment and using man-made artifacts to represent God and then worshiping those artifacts. I want to show you just a couple examples. Chapter 32 Now, in chapter 32, the children of Israel are still at Mount Sinai. Moses is up on the mountain receiving the law of God. In Exodus chapter 32, the people are down below Mount Sinai waiting for Moses to come back down. They grow impatient. And so Exodus chapter 32, verse 1. Now, when the people saw that Moses delayed coming down from the mountain, the people gathered together to Aaron, Moses's brother, and said to him, come, make us gods that shall go before us. For as for this Moses, the man who brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we don't know what has become of him. And Aaron said to them, break off the gold earrings, which are in the ears of your wives your sons and your daughters, and bring them to me. And so all the people broke off the golden earrings which were in their ears and brought them to Aaron. And he received the gold from their hand and he fashioned it with an engraving tool and made a molded calf. And then they said, This is your God, O Israel, that brought you out of the land of Egypt. And so when Aaron saw it, he built an altar before it. And Aaron made a proclamation and said, notice, tomorrow is a feast to the Lord. And notice Lord is in all capital letters in your Bible. Tomorrow is a feast to Yahweh. They are not worshiping a different God here with this golden calf. They're not like, now we're worshiping Baal, or now we're worshiping Molech. Let's just switch gods. No, they're still worshiping Yahweh, Jehovah. The golden calf represents Jehovah to the people. That's why he says in verse 5, tomorrow is a feast to Jehovah. And so they created this golden calf to represent Yahweh, to represent Jehovah. Now, where do they get the idea of a golden calf from? 
the Egyptians. Remember, they were in Egypt for 400 years. The Egyptians worshipped calves. And so what did the children of Israel do? They borrowed the image of a golden calf from the Egyptians to worship their God, Yahweh. Now, the Egyptians, they worshipped calves because calves were, you know, strong. Uh, You know, think of ox or oxen. The Israelites used a calf to represent the strength of the Lord, the strength of Yahweh, who delivered them from their bondage in Egypt and brought them through the Red Sea and brought them through the wilderness. And so now they have this golden calf that represents Jehovah. And they use this image that they got from heathens to worship Yahweh. And so they're worshiping the right God, but they're doing it in a wrong way. And they're violating the second commandment. They're not violating the first commandment. They don't have a different God. They still worship Jehovah. They've got the right God, but they're worshiping him in the wrong way. Notice what verse 6 says. Then they rose early on the next day, offering burnt offerings and brought peace offerings. And the people sat down to eat and drink, and they rose up to play. Now that phrase, rose up to play. It means they engaged in sexual immorality together as part of their worship of Yahweh, of Jehovah. Again, that's what the Egyptians did in their worship. The Egyptians engaged in sexual immorality as part of the worship of their gods. And here, the children of Israel, they copy the practices of the Egyptians to worship their God. Now, if you remember, in the Bible, Egypt represents what? The world, right? And so what are they doing? We could say the Israelites copied the world to worship God. Anytime we copy the world to worship God, we violate the second commandment. If we use worldly music and worship or secular music and worship, Or if we use worldly methods as part of our worship, we violate the second commandment. The right God, but the wrong way. Using the ways of the world to worship God. Deuteronomy chapter 12 in verse 29. This is Moses speaking to the children of Israel. He says, when the Lord your God cuts off from before you the nations which you go to dispossess, and you displace them and dwell in their land, the land of Canaan, take heed, he's giving them a warning, take heed to yourself that you are not ensnared to follow them after they are destroyed from before you and that you do not inquire after their gods, saying, well, how did these nations serve their gods? I also will do likewise. You shall not worship Jehovah, your God, in that way. For every abomination to Jehovah, which he hates, they have done to their gods. For they burn even their sons and daughters in the fire to their gods. They sacrifice their children. Here's what he says. When you come into the land, you've conquered the land. You've displaced the Canaanites. Do not inquire about their gods. Do not ask, well, how did they serve their gods? What did they do to worship their gods? We'll do the same thing. He says, no, you shall not worship the Lord your God in that way. What they do is an abomination. 
Thank you for making Ring of Truth a part of your day today. Tuning out the world and tuning into Scripture gives life a whole new meaning. While the Word of God may feel like a whole bunch of do's and don'ts, it also offers love, grace, mercy, and forgiveness that only Jesus can give. Pastor Dan Sexton has been teaching through a series that ultimately sets parameters and safeguards for those who choose to follow Jesus. Did we pique your curiosity? We hope so. If you'd like to hear more from Pastor Dan Sexton, please visit our website, calvaryec.com. There are loads more messages for you to listen to. Find out more about Ring of Truth and the church behind it while you're there. The About tab at the top of the page will fill you in. If you enjoy connecting through social media, then don't forget about our podcast. It can be found on iTunes as well. In addition, you can find us on Facebook. Are you a part of a church? If not, we invite you to join ours. Sunday service times can be found at calvaryec.com. We'd love to meet you and worship Jesus together. Our live stream is available for those of you not close enough to attend in person. We believe that time spent in God's Word is time well spent. There are numerous other ways to get involved with what's happening here at Ring of Truth, such as, well, why don't you just see for yourself under the Serve tab at calvaryec.com. We're out of time for today, but thanks for listening to Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize the hands that craft and am what I know because I know His voice. And it only takes willingness and a conscious choice. You need not guess there's a ring of truth that is unmistakable. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.